0: This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pass the Mic, dynamic voices for a diverse church powered by the Reformed African-American Network. I'm your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter at Burns23, follow at your own risk, and joining me as always is the president of the Reformed African-American Network, Mr. Jamar Tisby. Jamar, how's it going, brother?
1: I'm doing pretty good considering uh what time of day it is. I won't I won't um reveal how early in the morning it is to our mm-hmm. listeners. I won't do that to you, but we're here, we're awake, yeah. the Lord got me out of the bed. One more again.
0: The the jury is still out as to who set up this time, so we're just gonna <laughs> leave it. There was this a lot up, of yeah,
1: pointing fingers. I
0: just know it wasn't me. That's all I know. Um I am not a seven AM guy. So.
1: Know, silence is complicity.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of which, so Jamar, this is this is really interesting because here at Pastor Mike, we talk about a lot of different things, and at ran by extension, and some of these things get into a broad national and sometimes even international level, right? So we talk about systemic injustice, and then we talk about history, which is your thing. Then we talk about church and denominations, which is kind of my thing, and so. It could leave people to be asking the question, what can we do on a local level? And I think we've gotten that question a lot, right? A
1: whole lot. I mean, every, like lots of our listeners are just, I mean, they want to make a difference. And so they're always asking, what do we do or what can we do? Um, and so, yeah, sometimes we just, we need to bring it down to the local level.
0: Now, why is the local level so important, Jamar?
1: (laughs) I always say biblical reconciliation Hmm. is incarnational, right? right? When God wanted to reconcile himself, us to himself. He didn't send a memo. He didn't send an email. He sent his son who lived among us, who took on flesh. And there's something timeless to that. And there's something necessary to that that, that we live out these lives as salt and light, as redeemed right. people, people to people. Um and in local context, right? We are we are in-fleshed individuals. And so we occupy a time and a place and and where we are has a lot to do with how we're shaped and and also what we're called to do in terms of um being citizens of the the coming kingdom. So right. our local community is where it's at, man. I mean, we got to we got to form these structures and frameworks, but we got to live it out somewhere.
0: Yeah, so this is really the extension of what it means to fulfill the great commission, what it means to live out the gospel in a day-to-day every single week you
1: know, the growth through, through
0: the events before the events happen mm. after the events happen in light of events that have previously happened and and i just have to say you know personally I, as someone who grew up with a very weird relationship with the local church like not really knowing what that looked like as far as how to flesh out me being a member of a local church um even as a pastor's son it was very very interesting and so kind of from a pastor's family you You see things behind the scenes Mm. that can sour you. And so I had a very tumultuous relationship with the church as I was growing up, especially in my teenage years. But I have to say, now the Lord has given me such a love for local church community and such a love for a group of individuals that have committed to a body in covenant fellowship and are now working out what it means to be salt and light in our vocations, as we go to the grocery stores, as we watch local news, as we interact with citizens in our neighborhood. It's just a really beautiful thing to figure out these things in community.
1: Yeah. And I'll say, I love hearing hearing your experience of the local church because you are such a local church guy and a good churchman. And, and that's so good and so healthy. But I know there's a lot of people out there like me, who have had rough experiences recently, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're we're kind of working through some things. Um, and I just was, would say as, as a word of encouragement, like, the local church is still where it's at. Mm. And and we are all messy and messed up people. And so don't give up on the local yes, church. Yes. Even as we acknowledge, right, sometimes the, the ones closest to you can hurt you the, the worst, right? Absolutely. And so I think that's where it's coming from is that we do have a love for it. And uh, and sometimes that causes us pain, but you know, that's that's part of love is being vulnerable, is being being yeah. open to this. Mm. Um, and so, I would just encourage folks who are in that place, like, um, you know, pray to the Lord that this is a season, and and commit to being part of the solution yeah. as well.
0: Absolutely, man. That's so important, and nothing gives me more joy as someone who leads discipleship ministries at a local <laughs> church. hear you say that because. You know, especially younger black millennials are having this really difficult relationship with the church. They see things they've never seen before. They're getting exposed to, to stories and history, which we'll talk about in a second, that they didn't even know existed within their local context, nationally, in Christian education, there's so many yeah it's just a tenuous relationship and it can lead to a sense of betrayal. Yeah. Why didn't you tell me this? Why wasn't I exposed to what this looked like? We do know that sovereignly the Lord has allowed us to be born in a time like this, to live in a mm. time like this. Mm. You know, it's the Act 17 idea. Exactly. And so why has he ordered our times now? Mm. And I think it's for the people that we run and in, run into every single day, the people that we come in contact with. You know, the kids that we pass by in a school where we don't know the teacher's names, you know, like it's it's that that's why we're here to to shine his light. So let's get into it three ways, just three ways that we can. Or uh, three things that we can do right now in our local context. Yeah. I'll say the first man from from my experience has been very important is you have to know the racial history, what? know the ethnic history of your city. Watch this it. is so important, Jamar. And you know what's funny, I thought I knew a little bit more than others knew. Uh-huh. And then, you know, you follow the right people and you you do the right Google searches and you read the right books. And then you figure out, I didn't even know. I'm mad.
1: <laughs> you don't even know the half.
0: So, listen, this is just for me. So, this is my city, Pensacola, Florida, around 1900, around the turn of the century. And I feel like Jamar right now because it's, it's like <laughs> history tells us, you know? But <laughs> Welcome, for real. Brother. So, around the 19, so around the 19, 1900s, it, it's around the turn of the 20th century. It's very interesting because. Pensacola was a majority black city so it had a black mayor black alderman actually our first black mayor was i believe in 1874 whoa right um, or 1884 one of us too and so we had a black mayor black alderman black police chief Vibrant black city. It was so accomplished that Booker T. Washington actually mentioned Pensacola as like a model Negro business community. Okay, (laughs) so this is something that you know. When I found this, I was like, "What what happened?" Mm -hmm. Well, you know, uh, from (laughs) 1900 to 1920, over half of the black population left and fled. Because there were public lynchings in a very key part of downtown. So in our downtown, and it's funny, the news journal, our local news journal just did a story on this like two, three weeks ago. And it just exposed this. We're, we're currently writing this, this declaration with other pastors on, on race cool. and what it looks like to actually be biblically reconciled. And it exposed to these pastors a whole new, like, man, we didn't even know this, both oh, black man. and white. We didn't yeah. even know that this happened. And so we had that happen where two men were lynched and, and hanged publicly in in Ferdinand Plaza. We also have our Lee Square Monuments. So these Lee? are our confederate. Which yes, Lee? <laughs> Robert, Robert E. Lee, who has okay. no connection to Pensacola. But Robert E. Lee um, Square Monuments. We also have 1972 race riots. Um, it, we were one of the last cities to integrate our schools. Mm-hmm. So in 1972, there were local race riots over integration at a, um, at our County's, Scambia High School, which is also the place where Emmett Smith played football. (laughs) Oh, wow. In Trent Richardson. So this is all just right. And then I found out that in 1975, I just saw pictures, there was like a local KKK rally, hoods and everything, people walking through the streets, downtown, broad daylight. You will not replace us. This is
1: our city. (laughs) Blood and soil.
0: Blood and soil. Colored bathrooms up until 1980. So, you know, all these things are going on. And I'm like, wow, so this explains so much about the tenuous relationship with race and ethnicity in my city right and and i think a lot of us don't know that and a lot of us don't know the history or the lack thereof because not every city has this freedom history
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so the lack thereof and it leads us into you know a sense of of um just stepping into the unknown like we have to understand and know our context if we don't intimately know our context we won't know how the gospel speaks yes, into it. Yes, yes, right?
1: yes. And every city has a story and it's filled, you know, uh, you're going to find very, very depressing things. Like you were just describing, you're going to find really exciting things too. You know, things that are, are, are significant. Um, my, my town where I grew up, nobody knows it or he- has heard of it, but it's where, um, uh, the the author Ray Bradbury came from. Yeah, and yeah. if you remember in the first iteration of Law and Order, the television show, Detective Lenny Briscoe came from my hometown. And so Brad, you go nobody
0: watched Law and Order? What you talking uh, I about? I mean the
1: first, first <laughs> you know, you young guns won't get it, but that that first one was on point. Um, and so you'll find fun and interesting facts about that. But naturally, you know, we gravitate toward the racial right. and the justice history. And so I've lived a couple of places in the deep South and man, I mean, it's history for, for miles, right? And so even in my small town, one of the, one of the aha moments I had about my town was discovering the segregated cemetery.
0: Oh my goodness. And
1: so there was a Confederate memorial cemetery, um, which is still, still called that. Mm-hmm. And that was erected, you know, within a few decades of the civil war and it's nice and well kept and, and and it's still in active use but there's a section of it with the the Confederate soldiers and there's a literally a 30 foot tall obelisk uh the Confederate monument there mm. that says it's dedicated this is on the inscription dedicated to the lost cause wow. and hero worship those are actual words on the inscription wow. about Confederate soldiers there's a Confederate flag flying all that good stuff and then there's the black cemetery which is off the beaten path you got to kind of know where it is you wouldn't think it's open because it's um not funded and so right, it's right. not very well kept of you know graves gravestones are turned over a lot of them are lost and and it just struck me right like how even in death black people were were dehumanized and couldn't mm-hmm. have dignity mm-hmm. then um and there was another incident that one of the massive massive race riots is one most people have never heard about the elaine uh arkansas race riots Hmm. hundreds killed uh over over you know they were getting involved politically and so uh white supremacists literally came in on trains to to break this thing up and in the course of several days hundreds of poor black people just slaughtered wow and it was lost to the annals of history but it's 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 there and it's right down the road from where i live
0: Wow. That is so, crazy.
1: It is massively depressing. And, 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 and it's one of the things. This is why we need to know our local history mm-hmm. is because not only have we refused to confront it, we've silenced when we talk, right. when we talk about our racial history, we have silenced it. Like people knew about these riots. People were involved. Yeah. And they just didn't talk about it, <laughs> hoping it would go away. And that's how we yeah. treat
0: it as Christians, right? You know, that's really funny because it's it's crazy how many people don't know about these things, and there's no transmission of the whole story of the entire history. And where is it that we have decided that hiding it is going to yeah. heal the city, Come on. right? And, and so, on a positive note, not just knowing that, but then also knowing the. Inspirational and key figures within your city. That's right. So, my wife and I were getting ready to have a baby. And so, when we were taking our announcement pictures, we decided to take it at the Panton house. Okay. And so, it's named Uh-oh. for Uh-oh. Julie Panton. And, um, she was a free woman of color. Awesome. Okay. And so, she was, what, what do you think I was going to say? Because Thank we you, got, sister. we, if,
1: if you got a house that's got a name. <laughs> you can usually trace that back to. Oh, no, a absolutely.
0: Absolutely. No. So, so Julie and this is a positive story though. So she used entrepreneurship. She bought a house in downtown Pensacola um, at a time where there was thriving black entrepreneurship. She was eventually forced to move out. Mm. But she bought that house and she would use entrepreneurship to free other slaves. She'd buy the freedom of other slaves. Man. And she used it. And it's still Redemption. there. It's just amazing. And so we decided, let's take our pictures there wow. because it means so much.
1: Now, have we know? seen these pictures? Yeah, yeah. They came out. Okay. Man, see, right. no, no, no.
0: I ain't going to have All people stalking right. my Facebook. I'm stalking my Facebook or Instagram. Okay. But they there. All right. But it just meant so much to me to see that. And to see, OK, now that we find out the positive history of a Julie Panton or in my city, a John Sunday whose house was recently torn down, you know, a very important black business owner and black legislator in Pensacola and a H.K. Matthews, a reverend who was a civil rights activist. Mm. Now we can guard this, and he's still living. H.K. Matthews still living, you know, in his in his nineties now. (laughs) So now we guard the history and we tell it. Yes, right. Yes. What what is you know the great example, and I'll mention this today, but you know Psalms one thirty six, where in the psalm it runs down the role of what God has done Mm, for the 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 children of Israel.
1: That's what I'm saying. Why? Because
0: history is connected to hope. Ooh. (laughs) What we what we know about our history can lead us to hope, or can lead us to despair. And when we know not just the bad, but also the positive, the good, those things, that people have those trails that people have blazed that we can follow in their footsteps. Yeah. And they've said, come this way. Celebrate it. This is the way to freedom. This is the way mm-hmm. to dignity. This is the way to value. This is the way to true reconciliation. So that's why we don't just learn the negative, but we learn the positive too, so that we can
1: transmit that hope. I like that. History's connected to hope. What's, what's, what's the second way?
0: Okay. So this is going to be one that really is an alley-oop for you, Jamar. Okay. Because I believe every Christian should get involved with their local schools yeah right okay, i mean I come you. on like yeah. i had the
1: alley you jamal man when it comes to
0: education
1: i was like we already talked about history so i don't know you know <laughs> i might brick this um but yes 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 local schools oh my goodness like i don't care what you feel about public education which i got a lot to say on that too but there, there, we do care what you feel about public <laughs> education. <laughs> Let me say this: regardless of your view, come, on, of come public on, Education. There we go. It just only makes sense that if you want to serve your community, you get involved with local public schools. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the crossroads, especially if you're concerned about people of color or lower income folks um that's one of the the easiest places to gain access because let's be honest we live segregated lives if you live in the suburbs if your kids go to a particular school you will never organically interact with people from a different socioeconomic class other than if they're serving you in some way Mm -hmm. right so how do you develop meaningful relationships it's local schools particularly public schools and so there are millions of ways to get involved i mean you just just I promise you, sit down for 60 seconds and brainstorm, and you can come up with your own ways to get involved. Right. But what I love, 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 and I'll just speak from personal experience, is um I I I moved back to the city in the Delta where I used to be a teacher. Hmm. And so I started out teaching way back in 2003. Now the first Boy, students I had – I know, <laughs> you know. I wear it well. Black don't crack. Come on. Um, the first students I had are now – young adults wow. they've graduated college. Four of them are teaching at the school where I taught them. You're kidding me. It's 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 unbelievable. It's such a beautiful legacy, legacy, legacy. <laughs> um, and so but what's cool is they still remember me. Wow. I'm still Mr. Tisby in the community, mm-hmm. right? So I can walk into the gas station convenience store and I have former students who work there or parents and they'll recognize me. I can go anywhere in town. Wow. And they remember me because I taught their kids or I was in the school with their kids. You don't even have to teach them, right? So mm-hmm. it was the best and remains the best way I've ever gotten involved in a local community because it mm-hmm. just connects you all over. And so you don't have to be a teacher, obviously, or a principal. But if you are there, if you are present, if you show up, it God will – immediately reveal to you areas where you can get involved as a believer and as someone who can just love kids and love families. So absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is, you know, if you're wondering how to brainstorm, how to get involved, you know, the first step is to ask. So (laughs) go to the principal and, you know, schedule a meeting or schedule a meeting with someone on staff and ask how your church can practically help young people in that environment. Um, also, it would be great. I know in our county, we have rankings and we have grades for schools. So not just to go to the, the B plus and up schools, but also to go who have needs to don't, don't do that. They do, they do. Yes. Like just because you have an A rating doesn't mean you don't have issues. You don't need assistance, but then, you know, to maybe go to the D schools and find parishioners who live in that neighborhood that, you know, they can, Hey, here's some ideas, fill backpacks in the morning because kids don't have breakfast or start an after school program, you know, for kids to go where, you know, they're not just sitting at home by themselves. And I say,
1: yeah, like, like if you got an individual talent, right? Like, like, you know, martial arts. Start a martial arts club, right? I didn't tell
0: you I was a black belt, Jamar.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm All right. Kidding. Catch these hands. Okay. Um, these hands do work.com. <laughs> <laughs> or if you, if you, if you play a musical instrument, right? Like a lot of times schools are looking for more variety in their extracurricular activities, right. uh, and, and they need expertise because teachers get asked to do a bunch of things like they ain't got experience or training for, but, mm they're there so they get the job right um that that's beyond the scope of the classroom and so those are ways and 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 take care of the teachers man i mean speaking as a former teacher and administrator if the teachers are happy the kids are right. much likelier to be happy too so like buy the staff uh coupons to like massage yeah. envy or something wow. you know uh bring that's gift baskets that's such a great idea um take take the students for an activity and let the teachers have have an actual lunch where they can sit down i i got used to eating standing up as a teacher because you just you're you're always on as long as kids are in the building Hmm. and so what are ways that you can take care of the teachers and the staff there um that gives it longevity so we're not burning out our people so quickly so there's just a lot of different ways but you're right Ask because the schools will let you know, like, no, we just got a grant for books. We're good on that. <laughs> right, right. Um, but we do need a playground, yeah. you know, so that kind of thing.
0: And so let me say this. I think it's cool to do an opening day thing, but you know, I've seen a lot of people Thank you. Okay, so can we talk about this? Because Thank I've you. seen a lot of people dress up really nice and they'll put on <laughs> their suits and then they'll make a line, a rally line for the kids yeah. on their first day of school. And I'm like, awesome, but are you there on the hundredth day of school? And no. if you're not, so it's, it's kind of like pointless. It's a photo op, man. And, <laughs> yeah, and I, just, I get yeah, it, right? I, it's I a get good it.
1: gesture. Yes.
0: And it's definitely great. I'm always for positive representation. Yes. And so seeing role models and seeing images, images of, of black men in yeah, particular yeah. who are rallying around our children because of the stereotypes that exist. But, Man, a lot of this stuff is, is thankless. It's an obscurity. And if you're not doing it in obscurity, I kind of question. Yeah, <laughs> no.
1: I mean. So, you know, confess your unpopular opinion. It's like, so what you're describing, I'm I'm picturing, you know, things I've seen on the internet where, like, black men will, will dress up and then on the first day of school as kids are walking in, they're giving high fives, shaking hands, hugs, rah-rah. It is a powerful
0: yeah. image. Don't get me it wrong. It is. It is yeah. a powerful and image. And we're
1: not saying take that away. No, no, definitely not. But to me, it, it's reminiscent of, like, cops playing basketball in the neighborhood, Whoa. right? <laughs> Which is great. Don't take that away. Whoa. But- Is that really the issue? Or, you know, if you multiply that and you're doing that all the time, does that really tackle mm. the heart of the problem? And and I don't think it does. I think it's necessary but not sufficient. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that makes you feel good. But if you take it too far, you can think, oh, well, this is all that needs to yeah. be done.
0: <laughs> Yo, kindness is not justice. Ooh, come on. Run say and that. tell that. Kindness is not justice. Bro. <laughs> it's just like, stop. Okay, so <laughs> we need to get off of that. All right. So number three, Jamar, we need to wrap up. Okay, see, uh, yes. So, Number three, not only knowing your racial history, not only getting involved in your local schools, but then also politics, local yes. politics. All politics. Why is this is important?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that phrase, all politics is local. And, and there's a certain truth to that, right? Like the, the stuff that affects you day to day. A lot of times is done at the city council level, is done at the county or the state level. And it's also the most, the place where you can most practically get involved and have an actual voice. And so that looks a lot of different ways. I'm blessed that, that one of, um, one of my good friends where I live is also our local state rep. Hmm. And so I get to sit down and have lunch with him anytime. I can talk about what he's proposing. We recently had a conversation about um he wants to, to uh propose a um some legislation around Confederate monuments and wow. either taking them down or putting up inscriptions or putting up actual freedom monuments, right, to folks in the struggle. And so I mean, that's like, that's on the ground. Given that conversation that we've had, it could actually shape the legislation he proposes. Right. Wow. And so, like, that's- You have a voice into that. Exactly. You got a voice into that. And, and all of us do. And especially at the local city level, your city council members, mayors, school board. And you, so this dovetails in, in getting involved in public schools. Um, you really do have a voice. These are people you know. They may be in your church. Um, uh, so, so definitely getting involved at the local level because we can really, and it can get depressing if we only look at national politics, right? Mm. And what's interesting is the, the, the dynamics at the national level as far as breakdowns of who's republican who Demo- who's democrat how they vote what their platforms are that gets muddled at the local level it doesn't always fa- it doesn't always I, fall neatly along these lines hmm. so it can disrupt our narrative of what modern politics is like if we actually look at our local context to try to get involved yeah it's interesting because
0: locally our
1: city council is having this
0: huge debate and there have been some rallies and forums about Our public transit systems, our ECAP bus system, and one of the big conversations is they want to to shut down the ECAP for certain routes because it's not enough people riding every single hour to warrant it going in that way. And so from a budgetary standpoint, they're saying, well, you know, this is wise budgeting Mm -hmm. and local black pastors and the former black police chief are saying, don't shut this, this route down because we should actually look at expanding the routes so that more people wow. can, <laughs> you know, wow. there's just yeah. a natural uh, rallying for, around the dignity of the few yeah. and the marginalized to say, well, hey, we recognize the costs involved, but we waste a lot of money in this area, that area, and the other. So can we keep this so that people can go to work, so that people exactly. can go to school? Exactly. Because this will mess with their livelihood. And then what are the unintended consequences mm-hmm. of shutting down a public transit route? Mm. A person can't go to school. They can't go, to, go work, to work. And now what do they do? Exactly. Right? And so it's that, that hope. And it's also that, the advocacy on the grassroots ground level is not sexy, but it's definitely something that we have. To, yes, we have to do. We have to speak. But that's into. the
1: work. The work is not the photo op, yeah. right? The work is not the 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 occasional um, you know news story or or the mm-hmm. or the thing that catches everybody attention. The work at the grassroots level is this daily plotting, you know, right. and it's not fancy. It's not attention grabbing, but it is necessary. And that's what we need right. Christians to be involved in, right? Like yeah. it's just being salt and light in our communities.
0: Uh, another one is our congressman who just recently got elected um, to represent us in Northwest Florida. He mentioned at a time when the Confederate monuments was kicking up for our city, because our mayor said, hey, I, I would rather take this down and put this in uh, veterans cemetery or take the Lee Square monument down and put it in a museum where it can be put in its proper context. So he pushed that. And then the congressman basically said, you know, following Charlottesville, that this represents whitewashing history. Oh, man. And so it's a very obviously an, an awful turn of phrase. Um, and this is from a congressman who had previously said that Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization, right? So what, me, I mean, there's a lot of things that I can I can do and I can rant about, but I just tweeted him. I said, "Hey, is this an accurate quote? Right? Uh-huh. Is this <laughs> is this whitewashing history an accurate quote?" Uh-huh. And he replied within a couple hours and said, "Yes." You know, that's all he said was yes. And so I said, "Do you see how that could be ironically insensitive to the people who are of color? Because this this actually the monument staying is whitewashing. Do you see that?" Yeah. <laughs> And he never responded. So, Mm -hmm, you know, people, mm -hmm. I could tell because he retweeted and quoted me, Oh, I could tell people started coming around (laughs) to Ah.
1: it. And so
0: I said, you know what? Don't answer here. I'm going to write you. So I sat down and wrote him a letter. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So I wrote the congressman a letter detailing ways in which black history in Pensacola has directly been whitewashed. Wow. We know about whitewashing. Okay. This ain't whitewashing. (laughs) So it's very respectful. I actually let you you read. Yeah, who was good. because I it wanted to good. to make sure that it was written in the spirit of of biblical charity. Yeah, to let know man. we pray for our elected officials. This is not you know me talking out of turn. But the question that I ask is, I know you know all these examples. Assuming that he knows, hopefully, uh-huh. these examples of Black history in Pensacola. So how will you? safeguard the rich black heritage of our city. <laughs> and so then I'm putting it in, in in his court word to say, hey well w- what are you going to do as if you want to remain a constituent here? I may yes. not have voted for you in the previous election, but if you want to remain a, you know, a um a representative of your constituency, a diverse constituency. That's, it, that's exactly right. Here in Pensacola how are you going to safeguard this?
1: That's exactly right. So
0: that's actually more than me. Okay, I could go and do a Facebook status. Uh huh. Uh huh. What am I directly doing? I'm trying to touch, you know, and get the attention. Is he going to read my letter? Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? Right. But right? you've done your. But duty. I've done. I've done my duty as as a citizen. Yes. And I've appealed to the congressman with respect, and I've told him that we pray for him as a believer. Amen. And I've said, well, okay. So how do we? How do we move forward? Man, How do we so reconcile? Good.
1: I mean, that that's the whole thing right there, right? Getting involved in politics at any level, but especially local level, is about making sure our elected representatives re represent us, represent yes. their constituency in all our diversity, in all our complexity, not letting it be a single narrative, not letting just kind of... Um, Raw political calculus Determine uh, laws and policies And that's all we're we're talking about And so we're not asking people to be Republican or Democrat We're not asking you to be Politically conservative or liberal or whatever What we're asking is that You do your part to make sure That your representatives represent All their constituencies
0: And also to let you know that this is not just something That we record on a podcast But this is something we're passionate about For our city as well We want to experience true reconciliation, biblical reconciliation, and shalom in our cities. Like this is not just something that we slide in and just not only just through church, but also through evangelism, (laughs) you know, also through service as well. So it's a multifaceted thing, but these are three really good areas that I think um, you can get started in tomorrow. You can do a Google search tomorrow and you'll find tons of different ways so um you know our call to you is get to work let's go